You sure you're ready for this? I'll do my best. Your best? Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and f*** the prom queen. Welcome to the Big Soccer Show. The best soccer show in the whole world. Best Soccer Show live Monday night. Jason Davis, Jared Dubois, Backheel.com. We are ready to go. Firing out of the gates, whatever. I'm all worked up. 39 goals worth of energy, Jared. Dude, we're, we're on video again. I haven't been video for quite some time, and I forgot that we were going to do this tonight, so I'm like totally pool-haired, and like uh, my, my eyes kind of hurt from chlorine. Came right at 7:20. I'm being told we're in, in 720. <laughs> can you can you make out the gray hair in 720? You probably can, right? Like I can kind of see it, but I'll tell you right now, I am ridiculous <laughs> in the white. You know, it's like I, I when I grow my beard for a couple of days, I age 10 years. Like oh, yeah? I got like I got like I can pull off fairly young most of the time. Okay. No, no, no. You, I think I think you do look fairly young now. I'm waiting for that tipping point in my life where, first of all, when the pubes go south. I've been. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, no. no. My bad. Jay Sorry. Rodius. I thought we were playing Mad Libs. I've been so. wearing some version of facial hair since I was about 17 years old. For, yeah. But I, you know, I don't remember why I did it in high school. Maybe just because I could. Because I was one of those kids that could, you know? Mm. Um, as I've gotten older, though, I've determined that. I have, I do have a baby face. I, I have sort of a very young face without the beard. And the beard ages me appropriately, like in a good way. Like, uh, you know, in, uh, attractive to the opposite sex kind of way. Like that works for hey, me. Hey, yeah. that, that, it, it, anything saying. that works in that, in that vein, you yeah, gotta yeah. pull the trigger on. Danger zone! I, I'm just gonna say right now, you've been quite the legend for some time in terms of being unnicknameable. Uh, yes, absolutely. Maybe Jason Babyface Davis. That, maybe that, <laughs> that might be, the, we may have found our, our niche there. Well, what I'm talking about though is that tipping point where the gray becomes so much that now I feel like it's aging me rather, it's aging okay. me in a bad way. It's okay still because we, as the unfairer sex, we we age well. I know. We, uh, we so can unfair. pull that. We can pull that. Um, <laughs> we can pull that Clooney thing off. But here's the thing: your face, your facial beard needs to go at the same rate as uh, your hair up top. You, you sh- if they're you, at different rates, you can't be white up in the face. Like, do you see Stephen Colbert recently when he grew his beard? Yeah, yeah. You think it, it, it was disturbing? So you think that if the if the beard goes gray? At too rapid of a rate, and the hair doesn't match. I know my hair's going gray, though, by the way. The, the genetics are guaranteeing that. But Might I'm saying, as well, but it's mixed enough that you can't really tell. Okay, because I'm never doing... I don't think I'm ever going to be the just-for-men guy. I don't think I'm, it's going to be my thing. Like I'm not going to go and, you know, beard it up like uh, like the commercial. I, I, don't, I don't think I want to be By the way, John guy. Wally next probably the, is the only gray-haired MLS player ever, right? In the, in the history of MLS? That'd be tough. I can't remember another gray hair. Yeah, we got a call, a call already right off the top. 240, you're on sure. the air. Hey, um, it's Amir from Maryland, suburbia. What's going on, man? Um, so, uh, back to soccer. Um, <laughs> how about the 10 goal thriller at RK Memorial Stadium? The man doesn't even give us a chance, Jared. We hadn't even warmed up enough. I know. D- DC United does one attractive thing all season long, and someone's got to call in for it like, in the first 30 seconds. <laughs> well, hold on. Let, hold on. Oh, okay. Wait, so hold on. Amir, Amir, Amir. Let, let me back you up a little bit, okay? Let me back your boys up. Jared, since they made that trade, Luis, yeah. uh, Luis Silva for Alvaro Sabarillo, they're on fire. They scored nine in their last two. They they are scoring goals now. And I'm not saying they're going to get six every time out. NRSL's got to be like they're really sh- feeling the shame of, of that defeat. But they they are suddenly yeah, they're, they're also team. giving up the goals. They've given up six in their last two this as well. This is true. This is true. Maybe a positive. But that makes for, listen, I think that's the new MLS, by the way. The new MLS is don't play defense, score a lot of goals, and make your games entertaining. Oh, we went through, we went through, and like, are you mad at it? No, I'm not. Because we went through like a half, three quarters of the year with people talking about how the lowest goal scoring rate in the history of MLS. And it was like 2.0 goals a game. And I was like kind of moaning about it. Where are the goals? Where are the goals? We had so many goals this weekend. That it, it kind of made it ridiculous. It felt it felt very Dutch. It felt very so, Dutch. So today. so let's talk DC for a second, Amir. Okay. So you got a Spindola out there. You got a Saborio out there now. And let's talk to this in comparison to RSL for a second. Did RSL give up on this tandem, or could they just not afford them? So DC is putting out the money where RSL wouldn't. What do you think is the going on there? 
definitely. Uh, you asking me? Yeah, he's asking <laughs> yeah. you. Come on, man. <laughs> well, um, I I wasn't into MLS. I was like I was seven years old when the symbol was playing for RSL. So, um, but <laughs> what just happened? Yeah, yeah, we were talking about gray hair, and this dude can't relate at all. He was fantastic for them. I. I don't know what happened when I was in the left. I was seven years old again. All right, all right. Well, whatever. It, you know what? All right. Here's all right, the Jason, thing. Then you tell me. Thanks for the call. You, you're okay. Wait, wait, uh, wait. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Um, but I was the guy last week that uh, Jared said Ben DeLeon instead of Nick DeLeon, and uh, <laughs> just want to say uh, he scored kind of a screamer last week. So. No, no, and I, I'll, I'll say this about uh, about uh, Mr. Ben De Leon, Mr. Nick De Leon. Um, Nick De Leon, I think this could be what this could be what unlocks DC's season down the stretch here because this guy hasn't scored in a year. Okay, now he's got two goals, and he looks. If you look at the last two games, he's playing with more confidence in scoring that goal, and that could be the player that DC needs really bad. Amir, are you are you are you satisfied with the DC talk? We may get into it a little bit more, but are you satisfied? We're giving praise to look nine points clear in the East. You can't fade that at all. Like you're you're good. Or shield standing. Yes. With like four games in hand. Yeah. Yeah. You're 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 fine, man. You're fine. I'm gonna let you go. Okay. <laughs> go back to your suburbia and enjoy DC United. They're looking they're looking pretty good right now. There goes uh, Amir. Scott Garlic, Jared. What about him? Gray hair, Scott Garlic. Oh, you know what? Yeah, you know what? Also, it's not, does it count if it's a keeper, though? <laughs> well, because cause I guess um, at the end... Pat Onstead. Pat Onstead. Pat Onstead. Yeah, yeah. Pat Onstead was pretty great. Yeah, you're right. You know what? Because keepers stay so long. They last until they're However, 40. keepers tend to shave their heads. So we don't always notice. So, like, Garlic <laughs> and Onstead, for all we know, Frito may have been looking like the Jamaican well, coach. Sure. I, I, well, you just bring... Do you think Brad Guzan's pretty... Like, he might be pretty great. Like, I know he's bald, but, like... For keepers, the bald is the new gray. I think bald. No, keepers just go bald. They don't go gray. They go bald. <laughs> I guess. I, I guess so. All right, we, we, we're jumping in here. We're talking about MLS already, thanks to Amir on a Monday night. We've got phone lines that are open, 347-756-6276. We've got a lot of stuff here. Do you, you want to go to the MLS schedule and talk about all those goals and all of that excitement this weekend? Well, I, I, I honestly feel we owe that D.C. game more than even what we just said okay, right now. Okay, fair I, enough. I, I, I think that I'm the type of person that tends to gloss over D.C., and I'm not going to act like my, my club allegiance to L.A. doesn't factor into that a bit, and I don't give them much credit for being one of the better teams in MLS, well, but I think they're starting what? to wear that crown differently these days, and Absolutely. that's what I respect. Absolutely, and and <clears throat> the thing about it is you can't be the guy who says, well, I don't want to talk about D.C. because they're not sexy and they grind it out and it's boring and whatever. Then when they start dumping them in like this, not give them the praise that they deserve and, and sort of reassess your viewpoint of them. You know what? I think it's more than just grinded out soccer, by the way. I think it has to do with the stadium. I, I think it has to do with a lot of people thinking of D.C. as caught in a time warp, and they're a little bit behind the times. When you say the stadium, you mean the, 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 new, the coming stadium that's coming up and like the pub around that, or no, the no, RFK? No, 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 I mean, RFK still lingers as a thing that pulls them down. I think, it, I think, it, oh, okay. I think it's true for New England, who's a, a, a good, on their best day is a really good team and made an MLS. I had a guy call me till this morning on Soccer Morning and sort of moaned about how nobody nationally was talking about New England. And I was like, well, that you made an MLS Cup final. I mean, just like just <laughs> be happy enough with that, and then sort of pointed out, well, you know, the stadium is a problem, and the fact they don't spend on they don't spend on the big names. They spend on on some players and give them credit for building a good team, but you know, the uh, New New York City FC is going to drag more uh, attention when they sign Frank Lampard and Andrea Pirlo. It's just the way it is. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's no way that that's not the sexier talk. I mean, do people want to talk about Pirlo's hair or Chris Rolf's hair? People talk about Pirlo's hair. Know, okay, the, people the show up thing, for Pirlo's hair. The headband. I mean, the thing. don't get me wrong. Chris Rolf is probably the most un—I would say unreplaceable player on DC United. If he goes down, I'm not sure how where that team goes because he does so much for that team. And here's another thing: I have a hard time rectifying the fact that DC United may be one of the best teams in this league, and Davey Arno still starting every game for him. I love Davey Arno in 2008. But I'm surprised that he's still able to just do it at this rate. And Perry Kitchen has a lot to do with that. Perry Kitchen's doing so much dirty work behind Davey Arnault. And then he gets into the offensive role every once in a while here. Perry Kitchen is the new Dax McCarty, the guy that's going to be the best center defensive midfielder in this league that's not going to feature for the national team. Yep. Let's go to Daniel in the ATL. What's up, Daniel? Hey, guys. 
Um, What's up, dude? I wanted. Hey guys, can you guys hear me? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah, man. you're cute. When we say hello and you say hey, that you're, that's your cue to talk and tell us what you want to talk about tonight. Um, I just wanted to say, didn't um, Logan Paz play with gray hair last season before he retired? Or am I crazy? Ooh, maybe, maybe. Ooh, yeah, he he was getting up there. Yeah, yeah, he yeah he may have had a little bit up in there, man. But John Wallenick was like full gray, like Steve Martin gray. Yeah, that's 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 premature. <laughs> Let's be fair to Steve. That's premature, Gray. That's not like I'm old. That's like my genes are just not real good when it comes to the hair color, and uh, it's gonna go pretty quickly. I don't know about I don't know about Logan Paul's by the way, but go ahead, Daniel. Uh, I mean, uh, LA played well uh, last week. I I was genuinely frustrated when they when they continued the first call because I'm a really passionate LA fan, but uh, but then my friends called me down and. I drank a couple of shots and I got happy at the end. <laughs> well, they look. They they came back and they you won drank that a game. couple of shots. They took a couple of shots. Everything turned out all right. Someone seems to think you have talent, but unfortunately, this is Los Angeles. I need more than talent. I need stars. And you know what? The stars showed up. Keane and Gerard were major influences in that game, Jared. Yeah, and I think uh, for LA fans, I think you. The script was starting to write itself. Sarvis scores against L.A. We've seen this a lot for L.A. over the years where that player you release, Alan Gordon did it for, to us for years. The player you let go comes back and harms you down the road. Even Chris, I mean, um, Chad Barrett's done it to a, to a, to a certain extent. And when you see Marlos Sarvis, this was a sore point for a lot of L.A. fans seeing Sarvis go out the, out the door you know, so you can make a failed attempt at question. And that was a real sore spot. So to see him come back and to score against us was really, really tough. And I think if you ask a lot of L.A. fans now, though, if you rephrase that trade, would you trade Marcelo Sarvis instead of for question for Sebastian Legette, which is actually how what ended up happening yeah. as a result of it. Most fans will tell you they like that trade now. And L.A. ended up they, – listen, they went down two goals two weeks ago, came back. They came back down one goal this week and came back well, again. Look, they just needed to stop putting themselves in a hole to start. First game in 15 on the road that they've won. So, I mean, it had, yeah. been, it had been a very long time since your boys had gotten three points on the road in MLS. And, you know, Colorado's no that, – that's no great uh, accomplishment to beat, beating the Rapids. But beating the Rapids on the road for L.A. is probably a little tougher than for a lot of teams. Because LA yeah. just doesn't show up on the road, so they they needed that win for that particular reason, and now they have. Look, I mean, you know, they went out, they went to De- Texas last week and got crushed in in the in the in the heat. So, you know, m- maybe this is something to, to build on. I don't know. I mean, there, there's still some the tactical, white people are melting. There's <laughs> there's still some. Ta- that's two weeks in a row. Can you do that? Are you allowed to do that? I don't know. I don't uh, know. There's still some tactical stuff to work out for Bruce, and. You still have Gio Dos Santos, and we're going to talk about his arrival here in a little bit. But you still have Gio Dos Santos to put into this team, so there's some question. Daniel, are, are you? I mean, uh, you know, coming out of last week, you probably weren't feeling great against the, the about the loss to Houston. You'll feel better about this one, but do you think they're where they need to be? Because I'm not sure they are yet. Mm, not really. No. I mean, it's just, if we beat we we have to beat uh, Seattle tomorrow and keep Seattle on that losing streak. For us to, to to make it seem like we're actually over that hump. All right, man. You got anything else before I let you go? Uh, yeah, just one last thing with 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 uh, with GDS coming in. Uh, Legit has been has been performing very well, and he's a he's an unsung hero, I guess you could say, for LA. You know, uh, I don't think he's un- I don't think he's unsung at this uh, point. No, no, thanks. Daniel. I I think thanks, Daniel. Uh, somebody else is on the line, but they're very loud. Who's this? 301, you're on the air. Who's this? Yo, what's up? This is Mohammed Blessings via Podium from Maryland. Okay, I'm going to let that one go. I don't know what that was about. but <laughs> I don't know what he said. All I heard was Mar- Maryland. Something Maryland and laughter and whatever. Uh, if that person wants to call back and actually speak English that we can understand. And by one thing, one correction on my man that was just on the phone. Uh, at LA Seattle game is not tomorrow. That's Sunday. Yeah, I don't know where I don't know what that was about. Is he? Do you have just shots? But here's tonight? the thing: is LA Seattle really the matchup that it was going to be a month ago? No, because Seattle blows right now. Seven of they lost seven of the last eight. They got worked by Vancouver at home. Even though Clint Dempsey was back, even though Brad Evans was back. Yeah, uh, we say even though he's back, but it, was it ever going to be that easy? No, of course not. Of course, it wasn't going to be that easy. But the point is. I think that they had hinged because they had been playing so poorly, and because all of those all of those guys hadn't stepped up, 
to fill that void that left that was left by Dempsey and Martin's injury, they were hinging a lot of stuff on Clint Dempsey coming back and letting yeah, Clint I, Dempsey I, do his thing, and it did not work out. I mean, it, yeah, it, now, I don't I don't know what Lamar Nagel's health status is. I don't know why he started on the bench in this game, but if and Christian rolled down on this on the bench in this game. Those seem like better offensive options to me than Tomas and uh, Eric Freiburg. It's it just doesn't see if you're losing open Femi Martins and now um, Marco Papa. I mean that's a huge loss as well. These guys Seattle's always been about their attacking too. Dempsey and Martins and when Papa started combining this year, yeah. they looked unstoppable with that that three way action right there. Now they're down to just one well, and everyone else is just. Not at the same caliber. I kind of feel like Nagel played himself out of the lineup. I mean, I, I think that that's. I mean, I'm not. Eric Freiburg's a fine player, but he's a an, a slightly above our average MLS midfielder, a slightly above yeah. average MLS winger. I don't know anything about Tomas. I know nothing about that guy. Me, me either as well. And listen, that maybe that's a bit my bad, but I, it, it's just it doesn't see. I didn't see anything that was at the same level of what well, I mean, you're going to lose with Papa. And who who really does have that on their bench? And the MLS. In an MLS roster with an MLS salary cap, who has a player to replace a Marco Papa? Nobody has it. And that's one of the detriments of MLS is that you're one or two players deep on your bench. LA may be the deepest team right now, best starting 11 plus two, when you think that they're going to bring Alan Gordon and uh, Omar uh, 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 Villarreal off the bench. That might be the deepest first two off any bench. New England could have it from day to day, but not many teams go very deep offer one or two spots on a bench. So it's hard, man. When you have these guys and you put so much money into this top class talent, Papa not being a lot of money, only seventy five thousand a year, but still, not, still that's a find. By the way, first of all, thank you to Mark, uh, thank you to Marco Papa for ruining. <laughs> he, he ruined it. I can't use it now. And I probably won't be using it for a while. I'm just going to say that. You know what? All he needs is one good, one bending shot from a no, 20 yards. No, no, no. We'll that's not why. It. I'm saying because the man made a, a, a grievous mistake personally, has gotten him in a lot of trouble, and that's why it's off the rate. You know what I'm talking about, right? Well, didn't didn't he like have drunk driving or yeah, something? Yeah, like that's that? what I'm talking about. So he well, first of all, it's not like that song talking about like like see me rolling. It's not like it's like something like that. Yeah, maybe okay, sure. I guess that's fair. Um, the other thing, uh, the other thing here that I wanted to point out is Seattle. I'm not saying he bagged that game. I'm not saying he punted that game, Jared. But maybe Siggy's looking ahead to Wednesday because he's got Vancouver again in the in the Champions League on Wednesday. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I don't. Siggy doesn't seem like that type of guy to me. If that was the case, I don't know if you push uh, Dempsey back after a long Gold Cup into this game. I mean, anything could have happened this game in, in a rivalry game, Cascadia game. But what's he really holding back here? If you're gonna, if you're not gonna take the game seriously, you're not gonna play Dempsey. I mean, uh, yeah, okay, but you need Dempsey back in the lineup because he hasn't played with them in a month and a half. Whatever. That's fair. Th- that's fair. But what I think what's more concerning here is that the the not more, but as concerning is. Seattle's defense has really gone downhill. Mm-hmm. Chad Marshall's not looking like the Chad Marshall from last season or early this season. Uh, Brad Evans, I'm, I'm sorry, he's not a center back. No, he's not a center back. I mean, he at most he's a midfielder, maybe a right back. A, a center back is just not working for him. How weird and is it? They, get, they have Zach Scott sitting on the bench. Yeah. How is that not your starting well, center back? Okay, but Zach, I'm not. I'm not saying Zach Scott's not a great player by any stretch, but yeah, I maybe. think he's positionally better than, okay, than uh, Brad Evans at that spot. Fair, but maybe he did. I don't know. Maybe and and this is what coaches sometimes end up with. They end up with a problem. Brad Evans is a player of good quality, advancing age, probably can't do the job. Week in and week out in midfield anymore, right? And and you have Pineda and you have Alonzo in the center, and right now you're playing with some wing winger type players. That's not Brad Evans' game. So where does he play? Where do, would you if you were going to put him in midfield? Where would he play? There's not really a spot for him, is there? So now you say, okay, I, I but trade we, him. He's got trade value. Okay, but he's their captain and he's sort of the soul of the team. And I can understand Siggy sort of reasoning himself into a situation where he goes, okay, well. Look, Jurgen Klinsmann used him at right back. Maybe I can get some more life out of him. And they're, him get, the they're getting good production out of Mears there, though. No, Mears I know. done I, pretty well there. I'm not saying that. No, what I'm saying is Siggy went, well, I have a right back, or, or I don't like Evans at right back in MLS because he doesn't cover enough ground. He's not quick enough, whatever the reasons are. Not physical enough. Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, they're just throwing those out there. So he figures out, oh, we'll push him in the middle. He's a smart, he's a cerebral pre- player. Now we have a guy who can bring the ball out of the back. I can see him reasoning himself into this situation. No, no, there, there's definitely arguments for why you put Brad Evans anywhere on the field. He is one of the he, he's one of those guys 
that, the phrase we use all the time, duct tape. He's duct tape. Yeah. You can put him in any situation, he's going to do a serviceable job. But I think Seattle's at the point now where they can't just ha- – serviceable isn't enough. You're Seattle Sounders. Yeah. You need to be contention. You, well, need to be, you need to be one of the best teams in the league because that's what you're paying for. Is it surprising to you that we are nearly at the end of the summer transfer window and that the Seattle Sounders, the biggest name that they've signed, they brought in is Eric Freiburg? No, they got a lot of money already invested. I mean, but but if what, you what, but if you knew you needed a center back, I'm not saying you okay. Forget forget big name, but it mm-hmm. to, the, the, that that Eric Feiberg's their only their only sign. I mean, I can't remember if they signed anybody else. I have to go look at the transactions page. But regardless, they needed a center back and they didn't go get one. Why didn't you do that? I don't know. I don't know what kind of what kind of room they have in their cap. I don't. I don't know what they if they have international slots or to, to go after. I, I don't know what they have at their disposal. You're right though that it doesn't seem like they made a move. So it makes it seem almost like by by extension of that, it seems like Ziggy is happy with what he has there. But listen, Garth Largoway knows what he's doing. If Garth Largoway is not making a move, you got to trust that there okay. wasn't a move to be uh, made. All right, all right. So th- this summer, and I'm counting June as the summer they brought in Tomas. Uh, they signed Andy Craven from their uh, from their USL team. I, I don't know Eric Freiberg. That's that's the list for for Seattle. I just I, again, I, I mean, they don't have to be splashy. I mean, they they, they can be smart. They they don't they're not going to have a summer where they bring in Clint Dempsey every year. But if they have a significant weakness and we're pointing to it, and they look, they they need they have a DP slot open, right? They only have two they've used. Uh, Alonzo is or is not a DP? I don't believe Alonzo ever got made a DP. I'm, I could be off on that, but I think they have spo- one spot open. Uh, if he no, is, no. I mean, I think he is. I, 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 I'm not mad at him. Alonzo is one of the best center midfielders in this entire league, so I, I can't be mad at him if they did make him a low-level DP, but that's what that whole TAM is for. TAM is for a player like Ozzy Alonzo buy down the DP contract and get someone else in. Yeah. But I feel like we're doing a disservice to Vancouver, not even addressing the fact that they killed him. Oh, Vancouver yeah. and Pam- Pamuda Ka. Oh my God! But, Have you yeah, hold, seen, hold ever on. seen a center back with two better goals in a game? Oh, baby! Uh, no, I, I, I was floored. I'm watching those highlights and I go, "Wait!" Well, first of all, the volley was like, "Wow!" That that's one you talk about. If you're a center back and you scored that goal, you're talking about that every day in training. Did you see what I did? You see what I did? Then he throws a heel flick on top of it. Are you serious? That, that's nasty. Are that is s- such a nasty touch, man. I love that so much. I love that it was done by center back. I love that it existed in our league. And I'll say this. If you want to talk about one of two coaches playing games for a game midweek, look at Carl Robinson. Pedro Morales on the bench. Yeah. Russell Tybert on the bench. Yeah. Darren Maddox on the bench. Yeah. Darren Maddox probably wouldn't start in, anyway, but he was coming off a decent showing at the Gold Cup. You have one of the best players in the league in Pedro Morales on the bench in this game. Which one of these two coaches is really thinking about midweek? And that makes it even scarier what they did over the course of 90 minutes to Seattle. If we did, if we try to do off the dome coach rankings in MLS, young coach rankings in MLS right now, Carl Robinson might be top of the list. He might be. I mean, Ben Olsen's up there, deserves to be up there based on his record. But yeah, Carl Robinson's um, up there. Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess so. I get, man, what a difference uh, five months makes, right? Because wouldn't you be putting um, JJ Heaps at the top of that? Yeah, and Jason Christ would probably be somewhere in there. Jason Christ year. is getting so little love because he was the he was the heir apparent to Jurgen Klinsmann whenever he leaves, right? For what years? <laughs> Ever since Jurgen Klinsmann got the job, people talking about Jason Christ having the job, and and and. and the guy's doing a he's he's doing a serviceable job with an expansion team. I don't think that job and fits getting him no either. love. I don't think that job fits him at all. I think that job is. We've had this discussion for years, and you've never said that. Why now have you changed your mind? What? No, no, no. The NYCFC job. Oh, I think about the U.S. national. No, team. no, no. The NYCFC job does not fit Jason Christ, and I think ultimately it's going to be a bad uh, divorce at some point. But he'll and he'll be fine. I think his reputation will be fine. But I don't think he wants to be the guy having to figure out how to force 37-year-old players into his lineup. I don't think he wants to be that guy. The LA Galaxy, it took a big, it took a big personality in Bruce Arena to oh, manage yeah. that right. type of... It's a different type of team in MLS when you have those big-name players in it. And you wonder if Jason Christ has the... I'm not going to say backbone. That's not the no, right word. I, no, I don't, but I don't think that's what it is. The clout? I don't, think, I don't think it's about personality. I mean, I think... I think he's a good enough coach that if he wanted to do it, he could do it. I don't think he wants to do it. I, I think that this, this job is, and maybe he should have known, buyer beware, right? Or, or 
coach beware. Yeah, situation. but you, you, when, when Christy Brinkley comes up to you in the vacation in, know, in, in the Ferrari, how do you not want to well, say like, ooh, what would happen if I got in the pool with and her? I, and Jesus I think, Christ got in the pool. I think it was a couple of factors. One, he probably saw the end of the road coming for RSL. They probably weren't going to pay him as nearly as much money, and he wants to find out security for his family. I get that. Yeah. And this is a cool project, and he get he got to go to Manchester, and he got to, to hang out with Pellegrini and Patrick Vieira and all those people, and that's great from a coaching perspective. I just think that on the job, I think he's finding it more difficult. Let me go to the phone real quick. 253, you're on the air. Hey, guys. This is Evan in Tacoma here. What's going on, Evan? Uh, I was hoping to catch before or when you were doing all your Sounders talk. Yeah, yeah go ahead. One of the three game guests. Ozzy is a DP. He's been a DP for, I think, two years now. But he is close enough to the uh, edge of the cap order, thinking he's using tar- targeted allocation money on him. So that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Also, it uh, looks like Ziggy's probably focusing more on the CCL match this week than he was on the earlier week match. Not that there's much of an excuse for getting killed by the Whitecaps doing nothing. No, I, what's, you, your, I, what's your evidence for him focusing on that? What do you see in the lineup choices and the substitutions that he made that makes you feel that he's concentrating on the midweek match? It's keeping rolled on on the bench for one. But Lamar, he's been ha- he's been having a huge cold streak no matter what. But that was probably the best he could have put out, even if he was trying to say for the week or for the midweek game. But uh, I mean, it seems to me that's the thing he was focused on, especially because if you look at the CCL games that are left for him, the Whitecaps is definitely the most uh, difficult one he's going to face. Well, I, there also, there's also there's another factor to consider, though. I mean, look, I know that CCL is important to Seattle. I know it's important to a lot of MLS teams. Certainly, the big ones want to go win it. But considering how bad they've been in the league and where they are in the table and getting Dempsey back in, I mean, to consider even prioritizing a midweek game, whatever that midweek game is, over your league game where you've lost six of your last seven or whatever it it was coming into that, Mm -hmm. I mean, you you need to regain that momentum. You need to regain some sort of semblance that you're a good team because I'm starting to think, that the notion that Seattle's a good team is seeping out of their, uh, you know, <laughs> seeping out of that that team as we watch, Jared. Yeah, and I think so. If you look at the at, at the, if you look at the flip side of this, if I'm not, I can't remember if this LA Galaxy game midweek against Central FC, if that's home or away. But if that's away, there's no chance that he's sending just Steven Gerrard and Robbie Keane to Central FC away, right? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it, it's I, I I don't know. Like you, you could say, is he not taking the conversation seriously? It, it's it's an interesting thing when it gets to this um gets to this point. It's easy for Ziggy Schmidt to maybe make these choices because he's only going down the road, or one team's coming to only a, a couple hours away. But when you draw Central uh, Central FC. I mean, you, it's, Bruce Arena has much tougher decisions to make, especially with incoming players that aren't at full fitness yet, and you're going to go all the way to Trinidad and Tobago for a game. You've got to make a lot different choices. Than, that's why I almost think that while definitely Seattle and Vancouver drew the tougher matchup in terms of talent, LA picked a pretty, has a pretty tough matchup in terms of travel. Okay, right. That's a long ways to go for a game, and I'm not sure which, one, which coach or which teams got the better end of this deal. Yeah, I don't know. Evan, uh, you, I mean, what's, what, is the, what, is, what, what do you want Stiggy to do at this point? I mean, if he's prioritizing that, that game against Vancouver um, on Wednesday, then you have to win that one after getting thumped at home in the league. Well, to be honest, Ziggy's got he, he he's only got well, what he has to work with. Like if you look at the last seven, eight weeks, he's just like, Well, if he had done something, he would have done it by now, you know. So waiting for Obi to come back, waiting for Clint Dempsey and him to get a rhythm back together again, that's the best we can hope for at this point. Okay. Evan, appreciate the call, man. Yeah, have keep, keep the faith out there in uh, Sounders country. Yeah, that's that's tough, man. That's a very wild swing that Seattle's having. Seattle fans are having to deal with right now. I still think they have a great team. You know, you it, know it just, it's a confidence thing. It's yeah. a and it's a chemistry thing. You know, you know who's looking at the Seattle situation at the, the way the fans feel and going whatever. New England uh, Revolution. Fans. New, yeah, well, <laughs> they had a good game this weekend, though. Oh no, no, no. they back. They're back on the right track. But they went bad. La- Remember last year they went through an eight game losing streak. This yep. year they've had a bad run. Now they're starting to come back around to it. They're, they don't yet have Jermaine Jones back, but he is coming back shortly. You imagine that will be a major factor in making them... Well, I, I'll say this. He came back to training a week ago, okay? And all of a sudden, New England gets a draw in Chicago last week, win this week. I just think having the guy back around maybe. is helping him. Yeah, maybe. Uh, 312, you're on the air. Hey, guys. This is Andrew in Missouri. What's going on, Andrew? 
Hey, I wanted to change the topic a little bit and talk about uh, refereeing. Sure. Uh, really hit me in the uh, in the Gold Cup and Copa America. Um, just, I mean, not not that the calls are particularly good, but just that uh, everyone's blaming the refs. But uh, we still have this kind of acceptance of the idea that uh, players can surround the ref, crowd the ref. I mean, hell, in the Copa America, there was a the uh, Uruguay game against uh, Chile. It was literally like a 50-minute game. Uh, I felt like they had like 10 minutes of extra time, and it was all this just crying to the referee. And I was uh, I was wondering what you guys kind of thought about that, and if uh, if we should just say, hey, you talk to the referee, you're not the captain, you get a yellow card, I'll do give, it again, you're uh, out. Yeah, sorry about that. I'll give Jared the floor on this, because I've spent plenty of time on Soccer Morning rant, ranting and raving about this, Jared. I, I think there needs to be a no-tolerance policy about this stuff, because it's gotten out of control. Yeah, I think, first of all, you touch a ref, you're gone. Yeah, That easy. You touch a ref, yeah. listen, you bump into the guy while you're running, whatever. If you go up to a ref and you put your hands on him, you're, you're gone. It should be that simple. It, they have to have that type of autonomy. And I understand that things get passionate, but it, that's no excuse for treating these guys in a way where you can possibly influence the game or put them in a position where they feel threatened to call a straight game and these guys know what they're doing when you crowd a ref it makes them nervous you can't crowd around a ref either if a team crowds around the ref there needs to be some kind of penalty for that too that's just the call i understand that you're mad i understand that you're passionate about it but there has to be a limit to this and in i would say in in north america central america south america i feel it's worse than how it is anywhere else on the planet sure but to be what, honest yeah, with you. yeah you need to, but you need to put something into place here <laughs> To keep I'm it from getting there. From getting to... Okay, we're going to go. Let's see. A 301, you're on the air. Thanks for the call. Who's Hi, this? how are you doing? We're doing well. What's up? Oh, just wondering, um, what do you think about Pirlo's impact on the team that you'll be playing on? Well, I mean, look, he, he had a... He had a Already good performance. Going to be. He had a good performance in a in a in a substitute appearance in his debut, and he was dog crap against Montreal. I mean, I, I, are we allowed to say that about Andrea Pirlo? Like, is that... Is that off limits somehow? I don't understand why we. Uh, it's absolutely okay to say that I'm because first of all, you need to limit. You have to, you, no, you have to temper your expectations. Preseason for him, yes, this is true. But but the pro, this is exactly the problem I was pointing to with Jason Christ though. He's got Andrea Pirlo and Frank Lampard coming into his team. He has to play them. There is zero chance he can bench those guys. I don't care if he he came on Soccer Morning last week and or, or two weeks ago, whatever it was, and said. You know, I'm going to play the guys who are performing the best in training. Bullcrap. You're going to play Andrea Pirlo, and you're going to play Frank Lampard if they're healthy because you're spending $6 million on them each. And Here's the only reason I question Jason Kreiss. True or false, Jason Davis? You and I knew Tommy McNamara should have been starting since the beginning of the season, right? <laughs> so, did, so did a lot of people. The cult of Tommy McNamara was up and running pretty hard before the man even came back from his injury. But Is Tommy McNamara's bad hair... More epic than Dis- Mixed Discaroos or Pirlo's good hair. No. But I will say, you know what I love about Tommy McNamara? Everything. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm he is not the most, how do I say this? He's not the most svelte individual. Like, he's got this weird body type. That oh, he's got, a, he's got like a dad bod. <laughs> he does. And he's, but he's effective, and I love it. <laughs> no, I tell you, he's got a body that's like, looks like he plays ultimate frisbee, not a professional <laughs> soccer player. <laughs> there it is, right there. Yeah, everything about him looks like, like, like he's... Jay Rodius. <laughs> but to go to, the, to go to the caller's question about Pirlo, I think the question about Pirlo isn't so much, is he going to be good for the... He's good for anybody you put him on the team, on, on the field for. Yeah. The question for me is, Who's his center midfield partner? Because it has to be Lampard, right? You've been playing mixed disc route all season there. So what do you do with mixed disc? Oh, route I know. Now? There's a lot of bad problems for, for Jason Christ. I mean, in, in trying to, where does Poku play? You got to push him higher up the field now to get oh, him. You got to play him. He's looked fantastic <laughs> over his first games. <laughs> no Poku, no party. I mean, it, everything about NYCFC, this is what bothers me. And I look, I'm, I love the fact Andrea Pirlo is here. And I love the fact that. Uh, that NYCFC is is shaking things up in MLS. Okay, whether or not you like some of the politics behind the city football group and all that stuff, that's a secondary thing. I like the fact they're shaking things up. I like the fact they're making a splash in New York City. But that team was way more interesting to me when it was Tommy McNamara and Poku and Discarud and uh, I, I'm I'm blanking on a couple of other guys they have in that team. Wait, when you say more interesting, what do you mean by more? You're telling me it's not more interesting to watch Pirlo for 90 minutes. 
I'm saying that I, as a whole, not Andrea Pirlo by himself, sure, that's fascinating. But as a whole, watching the, the talent that they had, the 23, 24-year-old talent that could really become something over the course of the next couple of years, and maybe it's, more, maybe it's not that it was more interesting. Maybe it's that I'm disappointed that it's come to this point. And now we're we're likely to see those guys have their minutes. Just I, I think sapped. we are being kind of little whiny bitches about this because this, 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 it's Pirlo, it's Pirlo, it's Lampard. Uh, we can't cry about this. We can't be mad I'm not about crying. this. This is what what we should want. It's, it's, but look, it at, is, at the same time, I get what you're saying, but we, we we can't be mad about the fact that we have I'm not, world class I'm not. talent with a couple of years left in it I'm in not. this league. I, I'm not mad about it. I'm saying that it's kind of a, it's one of those catch twenty two things. Like it's 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 really I just said it. It's really great that NYCFC is shaking things up and doing what they're doing. But at the same time, I worry about those younger players because I want those guys to succeed in MLS because I want MLS to become the league that turns Poku into a ten million dollar player that's get that gets sold abroad. You know what I'm saying? That's I can be I can be I can be a little annoyed at both things. You know, I can like both. Yeah, I'll say this: I'll be annoyed if either Lampard or Pirlo coming to the team makes Tommy McNamara not have a place in it. That will make me mad. Uh, let's uh, let's go to three hundred one. Another three hundred one call. Who's this? Hi, hi. I'm Nader from the DMV. What's Maryland up, man? Side. Let's go, go, what's going uh, on? You say from the DMV? You, wait, you, <laughs> hold on. Wait, Nader, hold on. Nader, 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 hold on. You don't know about this? No. no. DC, Maryland, Virginia. That's the DMV. That's what we call it. Yes, that's it. <laughs> Lame. Uh, you know what? That's only That thing is only about 10 years old. Like, it wasn't a thing when I was a kid. We, we just called it, uh, I don't know. We said DC. We said the metropolitan area or whatever. We never said... DMV. Some I think some radio Man, you need DJ. need something that rolls off the tongue nicely like SoCal. Some some radio DJ popularized okay. DMV. Nader, go ahead. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, so I have a two part question. First part of the question. Which DP from overseas, Europe, Asia, doesn't matter where, do you think is gonna make the biggest impact in the MLS? All right. All right. Uh, uh what do you mean by impact on the field? Do you want to keep this subjective, Nader? Do you want it to be about on the field production or off the field? On marketing? the field. Uh, who's going to set the best plays? Who's going to make those amazing one-twos? Who's going to score the goal for this? Okay, all right. I think... It's um, a two-man list. <laughs> is it? Go ahead. It's Ronaldo or Messi. No, 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 no. He's talking about who's here now. Oh, who's here's here now? The, this, so, the, the new arrivals. Oh, the people that knew came around? Okay. Nader, you're right. talking about the, the new arrivals, right? Yeah, the new yeah, arrivals. Yeah. I thought he was talking pie in the sky. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. He, was, he was talking about guys that are here. Um, if we're gonna if we're gonna take uh, Dos Santos out of the mix because he's younger and that's probably not fair, um, I still don't think he'd make the list even with that. But well, he said score most goals, have the most impact on the field. I think it's yeah, possible. Most impact. I still don't even think he's. I, make I think the it's most possible. Impact. I, I oh, man. Um, Do we take Giovinco out then? Because I'd say Giovinco. Well, he's already done it. I think we'll go with we'll go with the guys who haven't done anything yet. Okay. So in that I think case, the, the, um, this is your list. You're well, very you're, done a little bit. So Gerard Lampard. Uh, Pirlo, Drogba, uh, that's it, right? That's the list. Yeah, I guess that's your that's your main list there. Go ahead, Jared. Uh, um, out of that list right there, I'm gonna go with <clears throat> I'm gonna go with Gerard because the, the, the what's around him is set on the table yeah. for him. I'll take Drogba though. I'll take Drogba because Drogba's gonna score goals. Oh, I want to say that, and, and he's going to make that team. I'm not going to say they're going to become a contender, but he's going to change that team in, in a lot of ways. And as long as he stays healthy, there's not there's not an MLS center back in, in the there's not a, lead, a center back in this league that can handle Didier Drogba. It's just not it's not a thing. I know he's 37, but nobody's handling Didier Drogba. I appreciate the call, Nader. I got to move on. Uh, that being said, that being said, is the midfield of Duca, Piatti, and Romero good enough to feed Drogba yeah, consistently? Yeah, yeah, Piatti is, yeah. Yeah, and and Duca. I would say Donadell from a deep line position is sure. probably good enough as well. And Piotti's, Piotti's excellent. Piotti, Dilly Piotti, Duca looked good in the CCL in early season. I'm not seeing Dilly Duca yeah. showing consistency well, they, anymore. They'll though. might they'll get Justin Matt back here shortly. I, I think um, I'm not going to check out his timeline. Uh, they they've got some wing options. They just signed a new a new player from Costa Rica. I think it's uh, I think it's Vahenas or or I feel um, bad for Jack Mack. Where's Jack Mack yeah, at? Or Duro's <laughs> first one off the bench. Change a pace option substitute. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where Jack Mack fits into this team. I think Jack. Ma- I think Jack McInerney gets traded. Nine five one. You're on the air. What's going on? What's going on, guys? It's Giovanni. Hey, what's going on, man? It's been a while. Nine oh nine. One nine nine five one. Trader. <laughs> Go ahead, Giovanni. Yeah, I wanted to bring up the issue with Billy Altidore, man. 
We haven't gotten to the Toronto which, New England game. Which one? <laughs> There's a couple of issues. There, there is a couple of issues. One of those issues is that he got kicked off the Gold Cup team and sent home. And the other issue is that he's not playing well and he got a red card for a kick out against New England, Jared. I brought it up uh, today. I, I wonder if maybe we're seeing uh, Jurgen Klinsmann set things up to move away from Josie Altidore. And he's not Josie helping. Josie Altidore is setting things up to move away from Josie Altidore. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, and I think I, I go back yeah. to remember, uh, I think it was a, a year ago. Maybe it was over a year ago. Remember when Klinsman took Altidore off the team and made him earn it back? And Josie put his head down and he earned his way back on that team. Yeah. I don't know that he gets another opportunity to do a complete do over again. Yeah. It, it, well, I, I mean, the guy's still I'm only sorry. 24 years old, right? So, no, he's got two or four years old, but I don't think that – I think it's going to be harder for him this time around. Klinsman already did this once for him. He has to be lights out, undeniably a, 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 a automatic pick based on his club form, I think, to get back into the national team. And that goes to say – so I'll put you on the record, Jason. Will Josie Outdoor be in the 23-man roster for the playoff on October 9th? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. I'm saying no. I, I I just don't see it. You can play Jesse Zardas up front. You can play Aaron Johansson up front. You can play Clint Dempsey up front. You can and if, as a as a late game sub. I still would rather you have Al, uh, for the last twenty minutes. I'd rather have Alan Gordon than Josie Altador off the bench. Ooh, yeah. I mean, I, it's it's rough right now. It and a is. game against Mexico. You know how dirty that's going to get. Yeah. I'd rather have Alan Gordon in yeah. there. Yeah. And and I don't think Josie Altador has it anymore, guys. I just don't think it. I don't think he's in that. I don't, like, write him I don't think he's done by any stretch. Um, I, I, you know, I think he'll score a lot of goals for TFC. He may even help them yep. get to the playoffs this year. But what I think we're seeing is maybe a transition from a national team standpoint. And again, I think Jurgen Klinsmann. I, I don't know if, if Josie Outdoor had played amazingly up till that decision, if he would still be on the team or if Klinsmann was ready to move on. But, but sometimes it's not about that anymore, Jason, for him. It's not about that anymore. This is a guy he gave the captain's armband to six months ago when there was uh, when Clint Dempsey couldn't be there. Okay? It's not about that with Josie Altador anymore. He can play if he wants to. His issue is he's got to stop doing stupid stuff. Yeah. He's got to start yeah. showing that he cares in the way he, may, he runs on the field, run down every ball, never stop. He needs to not do stupid stuff like this acting out. He needs to realize that he's the guy on the team that has to carry the team. He has to be the example for the guys. That's the guy that, that Jurgen Klinsmann wants in this team. He's, he doesn't need just talent anymore. Yeah, they, he needs to who's going to be the next generation of leaders on the team and Josie's not showing that. Yeah, uh, Giovanni, I gotta, I gotta let you go. I got a bunch of people waiting to get on. Appreciate the call, man. All right, man. Uh, there goes uh, Giovanni. Four, two, three. You're on the air. Hey guys, first time, long time. This is Andrew from Chattanooga. What's going on, Chattanooga? Chattanooga, Chattanooga FC MPSL finalists, and I've seen some video. Yeah. They got some. They had 9,200 people at their semifinal, Jared. Dude, they had an epic. What was it like? Five, four, six, five game a couple months ago. Um, that. That uh, that wasn't us. I don't think on the uh, the six five epic game. But was yeah, it? Did, you, you guys won or lost that? I thought. Here. I thought one of those two was like a whole bunch of goals and extra time. That wasn't you guys. Uh, no. All right. Well, let oh, Andrew talk. About, let Andrew talk about his what he wants to talk about. What's going on, Andrew? <laughs> no, nothing much, man. Just talking about uh, the growth of soccer in the U.S. Obviously, I'm calling about we had 8,800 fans last year for our semifinal national semifinal. Then last night or last weekend, obviously you guys saw 9,200 fans, which was fantastic. And uh, Chattanooga FC was supposed to travel to face the Cosmos B squad in New York this mm-hmm. next week, uh, but they've done some behind-the-scenes maneuvering and some, uh, some, I guess, deal making. And from a business standpoint, the Cosmos decided they would relinquish their uh, hosting rights and give it to Chattanooga. So they'll have one more game in Chattanooga, the championship game. And uh, I'm just curious what you guys think when you see. Fourth division soccer, drawing you know close to ten thousand fans. I mean, it's, uh, it's great. I don't know. I see. I like. I like to be careful about these things, Jared. I don't want to draw out a bunch of conclusions. Oh, give Chattanooga uh, this kind of team and blah 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 blah. Like I don't. I don't know because sometimes we catch lightning in a bottle with these cities. Sometimes it's about you know. I don't know. Sometimes the, the the reasons why it happens are hard to understand. If the, if Chattanooga is a soccer town. If they can get 9,200 people out for, for amateur soccer, which is essentially what that is, then, I mm-hmm. mean, I know it's, 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 uh, you know, it's kids who want to be pros, but it's, it's amateur soccer. Then I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know where to go. I just, I, I don't think they can ever join MLS because NYCFC already stole their logo. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> is that right? I didn't know that. Do you guys feel that way down in Chattanooga? 
Uh, yeah, when they when they debuted with the colors and the logo all together, we uh, we had we had some good jokes. We had some good jokes. So they obviously uh, have been stealing some uh, stealing some shots at us. Yeah, I, I don't want to put it, I don't want to throw cold water on on my man here, but I, I think that what I'd like to see is I'm kind of I'm kind of done with the massive leap teams. Okay. You know, like just taking that massive leap. I think we're at a point now where we we like you said we caught lightning in a bottle a couple of times. We got lucky. And we're going to take a couple more risks here coming up, possibly with Minnesota, possibly with uh, Sacramento. There's a few teams out there that we're, we're going to try this out again with. But I want to start seeing some teams. I think there just needs to be a natural progression. And I'm, I know this promotion relegation people talk about all the time. But I think a step into USL 2, a step into USL 1, and then from there, prove yourself at a few different grounds, show some consistency, you know what you're arguing show for. some growth. Because here, let's be honest, Chattanooga isn't necessarily a big market city. No, no, but you know what you're arguing for, right? You know what promotion you're relegation. You're arguing for promotion, yeah. You're, you're absolutely I'm not relegation, right. just promotion. <laughs> yeah, right, not the other one. Just I just want to grab the teams that need to move up. Everyone else can just get in where they fit in. Yeah, I guess. Uh, look, Andrew, it's fantastic to see. I love the fact that there, there are towns like Chattanooga that are getting – I mean, you know, we talk a lot about Detroit FC and give them a lot of credit, and clearly Detroit's the type of city you can imagine as an MLS town. I don't know that, that people in Chattanooga have dreams of MLS, and I hope, that, I, I hope that they put it in context. I know a lot of people are sort of, well, you know, this is a stepping stone and blah, blah, blah. How about just be – a fan of the team as it exists. And, and well, Jason, what would you say is the smallest market team in MLS, in your opinion? Well, I know for a fact it's RSL. You wouldn't say Columbus or Portland come close to that? Uh, no, I think RSL is still the smallest. Okay. And so where, how far away do you put Chattanooga, then, from RSL? Uh, well, how about I look it up? Because I don't want to guess here. Oh, you're talking about like actual like size of yeah, the, I mean, of the city. You know, like, there's a, there's I can a, tell you that there's a population of 167,000. That's in a small town. That's I mean, uh, in, in, it's a small town, you know, man. That's pretty intimate. I was, and, Salt Lake's gonna have more than that. Well, and 160,000 people. Yeah, that Salt Lake City's got way more than 160,000. But they got 9,000 of them there. I know. That's a percentage. I know. Percentage wise, <laughs> Andrew, you guys are champions of the world right now. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. So we're. Uh, we're in a sustained growth. I'm not. I don't think anyone in Chattanooga is advocating for MLS. We're we're never going to be on that that market watch. That's never going to happen. The, I think the impressive thing, and, and you pointed it out, people are showing up for amateur soccer. We averaged 3,600 fans last season Good for Lord. home games. Good we averaged. That's we're up amazing. in the four thousands this year, and you know who knows with these playoff teams what we'll push through. So, but your your team's story is the story of the future. It's people want to watch soccer locally. And that's what's important. It doesn't yeah. matter what level it is well, necessarily. Okay. The fact that they want to watch the live spectator portion of the game. Well, and that's me, a me, huge thing for the, the, where this country is going. Yeah, let me address this real quick. Okay, so as Andrew said, more than likely not ever going to MLS. It's just the, the town's too small. But number 86 TV market in the country, by the way. So you... you With a bullet? Yeah, you put that to the side. Put, and put, put ProRail to the side because it's never happening. As long as the people in charge of MLS are running MLS, it's never going to happen. The question then becomes whether or not a town like Chattanooga, in order to continue to build, or if they could just be happy with this, I don't know. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Is this enough? You, you, you want to bring in this pro team and this pro league, even if it's not MLS, if it's a couple levels down, because our natural growth level, you know, this is the way American soccer works. We can never be satisfied with what is. We always have to imagine what could be. And without pro rel, can Chattanooga soccer grow? That's the question. It's, I mean, go ahead, Andrew. I, I think from a local perspective, it can. Um, where it tops out is the question. Right now, the, the ownership is asking the same questions that we as fans are asking, which is if they do make a jump up with Chattanooga not being a, a particularly strong traditional soccer town, there's no powerhouse university here or powerhouse you know, soccer teams, does a jump up in quality matter to people or is it just about local pride right. and, and, and cheering for the local team who right. happens to be you know, the well, amateur champion? Which do you prefer it to they be? They want to hang the Cup this year. So is that why people are coming? Because they love this city? Or are they coming for high-level soccer? And that's... That's really a, or, not an or, easy question to answer. Or they come, yeah, they coming for the camaraderie of being in that crowd and having, you know, this is the same reason that five thousand people go out and watch high school football in Texas in towns that have ten thousand people because that's the community event, that's the thing that that makes people feel the pride in their city, gives them something to focus on. All of that civic stuff comes out. So, you know, and uh, Jared just asked you, what, what do you prefer? What What do you want to see? So it it I go both ways. Um, 
in the sense that yeah. I would love, as, as a pure soccer fan, I would love the highest level possible, of course. I, I want to see my city do great things. But the MPSL has a lot of advantages. Our local road trips are four out of the five or less than three hours away. So we take we take 100, you know, 100 fans to an away game. Yeah. Now, we're going a lot of times to a stadium that has a hundred local fans, so that's a bummer. But there's a lot of convenience that goes into. We spend seven dollars on tickets. Our season tickets cost somewhere between thirty-five and a hundred dollars, depending if you want a jersey with it. Right. So it's I, I would love I, I don't want to kill a good thing, but I would love to see us make a move up yeah. at some point. And I, I'm curious what will happen. I appreciate the call, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks, guys. Good stuff. I mean, I you know I love that. Get that call randomly on a Monday night. Get to talk a little NPSL. Let's that's go a, to that's uh, a great call. Yeah, let's go to Ray. You're on the air. Oh, yes, I'd just like to talk about Giovanni Desasi. All right, hold, hold on one second. Uh, get a little feedback from you. Robert, I'm going to let you go. Robert had to go. Robert from L.A., call me back in a couple minutes. Go ahead, Ray. <clears throat> talk about Giovanni. Yeah, oh, I would just like to know um, what, what kind of impact that he's going to make in the local market in L.A. and, uh, you know, how are L.A. fans going to feel if, you know, 5,000 Mexican fans wear uh, Mexico jerseys to... Um, the game because I know when I went to go see Blanco play and I saw you know Club America jerseys in Mexico there was never really a giant step forward to bring and incorporate these fans to the tra- traditional MLS fans and uh, I would also like to know is um, uh, just how local of a television market it has for uh, the Spanish language fan. Mm-hmm. I always feel that we bring these Latin American stars over and they say, this is it, this is it, this is what it's going to be. It. He's going to bring all these guys. But yet, you know, there's millions of Mexican fans from coast to coast who are going to watch Giovanni de Santos play maybe once a week. Sure, sure. Uh, look, Ray, I think, I think, first of all, I think we're, met, we're past the point of having that one player. I mean, Beckham was the guy, right? I mean, since yeah. Beckham, we haven't put all of our eggs in the one basket anymore. We, we may say, oh, it's, it's great to bring Terry Henry here. It's great to bring Lampard and Gerard, but, and now Giovanni Dos Santos. But I don't, don't think there's another player that does that. No, right. He, Beckham was special in that way. We don't have, there's not going to be another guy. When it comes to Dos Santos, and you're going to talk about the L.A. market here specifically in a second, but what I, what, from what I've seen so far and the reaction um, to Giovanni Dos Santos being signed in the airport and uh, the, the craziness there and uh, what L.A. has done around him, I think, they're setting the, I think they're setting it up very well. My question is, and you can tell me this, and this is what Ray's worried about, is connecting those two things, taking those fans who may pay attention now because the LA Galaxy have Giovanni Dos Santos and turning them actually into Galaxy fans who stick around and buy season tickets when he's no longer playing for them. And I think that's the 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 tougher. Uh, I think you hit the right point on the head. I think what the caller was talking about was actually more about will the Galaxy fans accept? Well, no, he mentioned that. He, ma- he mentioned I, both I, sides. Of I, it. I, but I, I'll address that too because I think for those that may live outside Southern California, it may be hard to realize that these things are integrated already. Yeah, I see a Mexico jersey every every day. It's not a big deal to me. It, 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 it's not, and I think a lot of people may be surprised to know that there's lots of Galaxy fans that identify as Mexican national team fans, sure. not U.S. fans, oh, yeah, or USA as their second team. Of course. So I think it's not as big of a deal here as it is anywhere else. And I think L.A. is more primed in, to be in the position to take advantage of Giovanni Dos Santos than they ever were with Jorge Campos, Luis Hernandez, Carlos Hermosillo before because – one thing is hugely different. Time Warner Deportes is in place now. Yeah. And they have a weekly Galaxy show. They have all sorts of behind the scenes and dedicated Galaxy uh, footage, more than the English language station has. And that is something that is primed to take advantage of this in a way that no other team, I think, in MLS has ever been able to take advantage of a second language player. I mean, I don't know that there is a... Uh, that th- there is a, um, a Eastern European language station that would be covering Hirsto Stoikov sure. in Chicago yeah. in 98. You know, there might have been a few newspapers or something like that, but this is different level. This is why L.A. made this deal. This is why Time Warner made this deal with L.A. to take advantage of this type of scenario that's presenting itself right now. And Time Warner... Don't be surprised if they go and make the same deal with LAFC, who's also going to be in a position to do this yeah. as well in a couple of years. All right, Robert from LA, you're on the air. Hey guys, how's it going? Uh, earlier, you were talking about you know the, the white hair. 
players. Uh, I'm a great name, uh, Jimmy Nelson. Who? Oh, Jimmy Nielsen. Wait, wait, is he? Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on no, there. Blonde, is my blonde. is my man white haired no. or is he just Nordic? He just he, no. Yeah, that's 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 not that does not count. Jimmy Nielsen was not gray. He was he was blonde. He was really. That's like saying Gary Busey and Lethal Weapon was white haired. Yeah, yeah. I don't, that's Mr. Joshua. No, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think that one counts, Robert. But go ahead. Okay, I, I was just trying. But okay, uh, along with the <laughs> Gio DeSanto comment. Uh, this past week, or I don't know, this whole season, you know, there have been a lot of big players coming in. You always see that that footage of the airport. And I, uh, and, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the, the, the draw, but when I was kind of scared for him, it looked like he was going to get like a stampede. <laughs> but, uh, do you think that's going to be like the, the new thing? Cause, uh, you, you know, you had, uh, Jervinko and Kaka, and there were like old drums and like conga line sure, going man. on. Yeah, why not? Yeah, it should be. I mean, I, if he signed, if he signed in Mexico, would it be any different at the airport? No, I don't think so. No, if he signed for Chivas, it's not going to be. I don't think it'd be any different. Bigger players come start coming in. Well, yeah, you know, look, you know what? If there's anything that MLS fans do well, it's coordinate. We know to coordinate, and when they have an opportunity to coordinate, and get a bunch of people out at the airport and find out what flight so and so is arriving on, they're going to show up in big numbers, and they're going to have drums. And they're now gonna, all I want you to do is to to, to get a, a boomerang drop for <laughs> when play fans take a show up at the airport. Mushroom belt, special mushrooms. Yeah, <laughs> coordinate. You coordinate. You coordinate. Uh, all right, John Witherspoon, fantastic. Anyway, uh, Robert, you got anything else? Yeah, real fast, guys. Uh, want to get your thoughts on uh, the Open Cup semifinals coming up this week, and then uh, that's all I want to know. Thanks for making my call. All right, Jared. Uh, thoughts on the Open Cup semifinals? I, I'm really it's third tier for me right now. Okay. I'm barely pay, it's barely on my radar because I have MLS, I have CCL, and then somewhere down there, maybe because my team is isn't in it. It's it's down there ways. I it's okay. I'm not even really paying that right, let's, much let's, attention let's, to let's it. Does something. that make me does that make me bad? No, but let's let's do something real quick. Ready? Okay, ready? Okay. Do you yeah. know the four teams that are in the semifinals? Philly Philly? Chicago. Chicago? Um Kansas City RSL? Yeah, there you did it off the top of the dome. That's very good. I'm very impressed. I think Thank you. I appreciate for it. For a lot of people who would who would mention who would you know admit that the U.S. Open Cup is third tier on their list, they probably wouldn't know those those four semifinals. Well, it was weird to me because I, I remember it kind of worked out East and East Coast teams versus East Coast teams and West Coast teams versus West Coast teams. But then I kind of re- Kansas City goes back and forth in my brain still. Yeah, and I forget, yeah. kind of forget which was the, where they're at. But out of that. Philly's taken the Open Cup seriously two years ago. Chicago has a long history with the Open Cup. I'm going to say that and, and Kansas City maybe is the hottest team out of any of these teams right now in MLS. I Man, I would take – it's two weeks out, so I mean, we'll probably talk about this next week as well. But nine I'm going to take – I take Philly and Kansas City to come out of those two games. Ooh, then I would, take, final, yeah. I would take Philly to take the whole thing. Okay. Well, we'll find out uh, – well, by the way, we'll find out who's going to host the final – uh, before you know, depending on who wins, we'll figure out the possible. Kansas City's host. gonna the Kansas City's gonna host it if they want to make money. I don't. I, yeah, I think there's still a coin flip involved, though. It's not just about. But they can defer still, right? Yeah, that, that probably something like that. Speaking of Philadelphia, a couple of things before we run out of time here. You guys, you blew up the phone lines. It hadn't been like that in a while. We didn't even talk about Orlando. No, we didn't get a chance to talk about Orlando. We didn't get a chance to talk about Aaron Johansson potentially going to Werder Bremen. Which uh, you know I'm cool uh, with as long as he plays. I'm cool with it, man. But he's gonna have a lot of competition. But it, it's the Josie thing. What can he do in a league that plays defense? I know that that's I, what, that's what you want to see, right? And and we're we're this we're in this place now, and we've been in this place for a while. But it's especially true now with the limited number of players in Europe that America that the United States national team has. We're so nervous about that playing time, about it going south, about not scoring goals for a guy like Aaron Johansson. The way it happened with Josie at Sunderland, and these are completely different players. But, you know, you could very easily see Aaron Johansson be a, guy, a bench guy at Werder Bremen and, you know, get, I don't know what. And how does American, how do Americans feel about that? What, a potential starter for your national team being a, a part-time substitute player in the Bundesliga. Would you rather have that? Or would you rather have him playing every weekend, week out in, in Holland? But well, you can't, do, you, but you can't begrudge the guy going for the payday and going for the opportunity because every player believes in themselves. He also, every player, no player goes to a team thinking they're going to be a sub. Yeah. But he also apparently took a, a you know, uh, took the opportunity to kind of test the MLS waters and 
throw out a number and see if you got any any biters, and apparently it worked. I can't well, remember the number. If someone else threw out a number, it looks like they got a biter. Alejandro Bedoya, and this one makes me kind of angry. Yeah, you know what? This hasn't. Nothing's done here. Let me just throw out the caveat. I heard it from a guy who heard it from a guy who heard it from a guy. Okay, but it is out there. And the only reason I mentioned, I feel okay mentioning it because I know Union fans are already talking about it. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of torn about this one. I think I'd maybe not France. I think Alejandro Bedoya is the type of player that could go. Well, first of all, Alejandro Bedoya in Holland would be brilliant. Uh, but but beyond that, like I I don't. And he had a good run in France. He had a yeah. very good run in France. I mean, most people will tell you that he played very well for his French team. So maybe it was. I'll say this: it surprised me to see him linked to an, an MLS club. Maybe he's getting one of those paydays. Maybe he's not like six million, but maybe he's getting one of those paydays that makes it tough not to come back home. No. But I don't see the union putting out one of those paydays. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I don't know. We'll, they we'll already see. overpay from Risa Do, and they're not a team that pays much anyway. That's that's uh, well, okay. Overpaid from Marisa Do in the context that they're not a very good team and they're not getting everything out of Marisa Do. They they should, but I still think Marisa Do is a good player who's you know in an unfortunate okay. situation but is he a center back or is he a midfielder for me he's a midfielder but whatever what about the national team he's not a national team player right now he's not a national team a lot player. of people talking about a center back uh, okay but but uh, i don't know we, we got through something against the wall there been there before i well but speaking of and so and and robert actually asked this and when he called in he didn't mention it ventura alvarado jared had a terrible, terrible weekend. Uh, they had a bad own goal. Uh, you know, and to kind of have that come after the Gold Cup, where I thought he was not even remotely good enough for the U.S. Men's National Team. I, I, I'm, I'm starting. I mean, I'm already there. I, I look, he's 22. Maybe he'll come good at some point, but I don't, I don't. He shouldn't be starting for the U.S. He, he flat if out he, shouldn't. If be he continues to get games with America and be a starter there, I think he's going to be fine. He's definitely a player that the, the U.S. can use down the road. I think that while his lack of games and immaturity at that level kind of showed over the course of the Gold Cup, I still think he's one of the. I think he comes out and pressures off the back line better than any 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 defender that we have at center back. He'll close down the midfielder that's pressing, but only almost to a point where it's at a fault because he'll come out with such fervor that he just leaves the back line alone but yeah. i kind of like that in a center back i like a center back i hate that we have center backs that seems that don't want to come out and pressure the ball okay and i think that gets into us into a trouble a lot but he does have a lot of opportunities for improvement yeah. but i yeah. do think that there's something at the core there very similar to tim ream a lot of years ago he's very good with the ball at his feet he's good at, at, at playing the ball out of the back and i think john brooks has that going for him they both have that that you can see in 2 to 3 years time well, that's why they could be a good is, tandem that's why clinton's infatuated with them with with alvarado and brooks he's infatuated with them cuz they can play with the ball they 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 have ball skills he's trying yeah. to shoehorn the rest of it everything i guess to him as a as a striker everything about defense is easy by the way we uh i do have a new drop i should inaugurate the drop it is not it is not being inaugurated for one particular person it will be a general use drop but we decided tonight that it should be it should be uh, given to Kyle Laren, right? Kyle Laren, yes. Two Kyle goals Laren. on the weekend, eleven goals, tied the all-time rookie record set by Damani Ralph back in two thousand and one. So hot right now. There you go, Kyle Laren. He's so hot right now. Uh, anything else? I think they could just be describing the weather in Orlando too. That's possible as well. I mean, it's, oh, by the way, this is not really something we can delve too much into. Kaka's getting divorced. Dizzy, well, who isn't? Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith are getting divorced. Really? I didn't know I just that read Gwen Stefani and the guy that. from Bush are Gavin, getting Gavin, divorced. Yeah, Gavin Ross, yeah. Rossdale. Ben Affleck and his chick are getting divorced. There's no there's no hope for beautiful people in the world. <laughs> well. Danger zone! It's actually more like there's a lot of hope for beautiful people in the world, and they just want to have their hope with yeah, other people. Yeah, you start over. They want, Mulligan. They're like, they're like, you know what? Uh, I like you, but I like a lot of other people, too, and perhaps I'll go and... Have some. The rest nah. of us poor people don't have that luxury. <laughs> no, no, you certainly don't. All right, I, I feel like we're leaving something on the table. I apologize. Last stuff on the table, but I'd rather have calls and, and leave stuff on the Absolutely. table. Absolutely, appreciate all the calls tonight. Make sure. You well, here's the good news. Here's the good news. We will be doing a bonus show yeah. after this. We are. We're gonna do a bonus show. So stay tuned for that. Uh, if you guys enjoyed last week's, this one will be somewhere in the same sort of vein, and we're moving forward with some project ideas. So check out, make sure you're on back, uh, Best Soccer Show on Twitter, Backheel.com on Twitter. Jay Rodius, I've already dropped it twice, I'm going to do it again. Jay Rodius.
Davis JSN for me. What else? What else? Baby, Jason Babyface Davis. That's right. Baby, I now I need a Babyface drop for back in the day. Right. Oh, we can get some Babyface. No Babyface. I know. I'm going to make you do something lame like Babyface. <laughs> He's got that cutest little no, thing. No, no, that's not happening. That's not happening. Uh, hey, Hayward. Yes, follow Hey, hey Hayward. Yeah, we will happily take submissions for a new Best Soccer Show logo. Let's go. This is not an official competition. We don't have anything to give away. You will just always have the knowledge that you helped out the show and created the new and improved Best Soccer Show logo. So the most talented graphic designing bestie out there, uh, whether you're new or old, it doesn't matter. Hit us up, Best Soccer Show on Twitter. Uh, backheel.com, backheel.com on Twitter and let us know what your ideas are and give us uh, something to look at. And, uh, and we'll happily look, you can come on the show. We'll do a bonus episode with the guy who wins, girl who wins, the person who bonus wins. Bonus episode. And I would even say this. I, we'll play a drop in the outro for a month of your yeah, choice. Of your choice. Absolutely. We'll do that. In fact, let's go ahead and run that outro because we got to go. We'll talk to you guys next week. See ya. I don't like this game. Your men are brutish and their play is ugly. Uh, I was born in uh, Mobile, Alabama. I can say Mobile, Alabama.